Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Derogi. This week, four scenes from Proxima B by Stuart C. Baker. One, intercept. Angja is at the World Mind, reporting on a meeting of the world's most eminent women, men, and Zan. It's an important assignment. One she's worked for since she was a broodling with big dreams. A member from the Lem Anarchy speaks, is her voice insistent. Caused by nothing more or less than inroads into sacred Lem space, Consolidator Cow. Cow, a commander from the steppes to the north, flares his nostrils in a show of contempt. All we have done, he says, is installed a station for our peacekeepers. Angja knows she should repeat this exchange, but she's tired. Why can't these self-important fools see that they're doing more harm than good? The mic's cut out, and a Zan in a white jacket ascends to a podium at the room's center. Stop this bickering, they say. Our long-range detectors have picked up transmissions. They are from people, people just like us, half the galaxy away. The massive screens that line the room light up behind them. They are strange, these people, all flesh and hair, incisors and nails. They march across the screen in grainy black and white. They argue, they strike at one another, they kill. The floor of the world mind erupts into chaos. Members speaking out of turn, shouting to be heard over one another's arguments. Angja snaps her fingers, getting the camera's attention. Keep filming, she mouths then turns on what she thinks of as her reporting voice, thick and gravelly to mimic the Zan poet-singers centuries before, expertly calibrated to match the attention. This is Tlai Angsha on the floor of the world mind, she says, where we've just received a warning from beyond the stars. 2. Ruin Kel hobbles through the haze that hangs over the once-proud city of Hob, their hands clenched tight on the shopping trolleys they took from a store years ago at the start of the Troubles. The wheels squeak, but the trolley still serves its purpose. To hold foods they have scrounged to give nourishment for their broodlings, survival for their family, hope for their future. A staccato burst of gunfire sounds from several streets ahead and Kel quivers, fighting the temptation to clench their ear flaps tight. Noise means a fight, yes, and danger, but is also a warning, and without that they're dead. They turn down a side alley and speeds their steps. No, please, I'm begging you. The shout comes from the same direction as the gunfire. It's far enough away that the speaker can't mean them, but the despair in that voice makes Kel's stomach twist. You can't, you... The speaker breaks into sobs and Kel presses their eyes closed until they see stars. Their broodmother would be ashamed if they abandoned someone. Their own family's future just as bleak. They push the trolley behind a loose wall panel, settles their stomachs with three deep breaths, and break into a run. 3. Superposition Somebody has lit the library on fire. 
Flames leap from hexagonal holding cube to hexagonal holding cube with all the hunger of the triple suns, turning centuries of learning into ash and melted plasteel. Penley saves what she can. Treatises on chemistry, physics proceedings, vids of famous plays, children's rhymes, countless stills of art from a score of dead and dying civilizations. She is too drained to cry and focuses her energies on keeping the books secured as she staggers down the stairs with a commandeered book cart. At the bottom of the staircase, the cart tips sideways, dumping precious knowledge across the floor in a clattering that rings loud against the dim roar of flames. Panley retrieves some, fingers shaking. She should have brought a satchel, a strap to tie them down. She doesn't see the attacker before he slams one foot into her shoulder, shoving her the rest of the way to the floor. He has a gun and his face has been painted in a grotesque mockery of alien features. His eyes have nothing in them of compassion, nothing of a possible future. Unbeliever, he whispers. Heretic. Please, she says. All I want is to save the things I love, to give others hope. The man raises his gun, and Panley scarcely dares to breathe, lest she knock the future free from its precipice. To ruin or hope. To life or death, to freedom or captivity. Please! At last the man bows his head, and when he looks up, there is something like shame in his eyes. Go, he snarls, lowering his gun. Go before they kill us both. Panley holds her treasures close, and she does not look back, not even when the screaming starts. 4. Contemplation The Seeker's Fast is built upon an outcropping at a canyon's edge, its walls clinging to the jagged rock at an angle, as though at any moment it might tumble downward. It is mid-morning, and the largest sun's heat has not yet cleared the mist from the canyon, so that it appears as an abyss, endless and unchanging. In the garden at the center of the fast, three seekers sit in quiet conversation. But Locuter, one says, why did Panley not encourage the man to come with her? They could have saved more knowledge between them, helped more people. The Locuter shrugs. It was a long time ago, he says, and without her choice, the fast may never have been founded. The light and knowledge we carry may have been lost for good. The first speaker harumphs. If it were me, she mutters. The locutor smiles. He remembers being new to secretums himself. What it felt like to be certain the answers were there for the taking, rather than endless mirages in the mist that wreathes the walls of the fast. We can never know the truth of others' actions, he says, not unkindly. But, my children, that does not change what we can do. Think deeply. Act well. Guide each other as we watch the star's wheeling path. And our own. This has been Four Scenes from Proxima B Written by Stuart C. Baker Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more.
The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced, edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.